0: This is the Straight Truth Podcast. Biblical answers to difficult questions from a Christian worldview. All right, recently, Pastor, there's been um, several uh, related events in, um, in the Middle East uh, related to Israel and Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization. They attacked Israel. There seems to be a lot of infighting here every so often. And uh, this most recent event uh, was especially um, horrifying. And so obviously Israel has retaliated and, and for Christians this brings up a lot of questions related to should Christians support Israel and um, because Israel's in the Bible, Israel's God's people, all the rest. Now we've had a podcast about yeah. that and I don't really wanna um, talk directly about uh, Israel and their the role in the world today as much as to talk about the moral complexities of modern warfare as a Christian. So. You know, what guidance does the Bible provide on issues related to war, to peace, to military involvement generally? Can a Christian get involved in military engagement and conflict with a clean conscience? How do you answer these sorts of questions?
1: Well, we find in the scriptures that the, even the boundaries of nations have been established by God. Nations uh, arise and they go out of existence based upon the sovereign will of God. So God has a plan for nations in the time in which we're living. What I'm saying is there's nothing inherently sinful about national identity. In addition, we find that God has entrusted human, to, to government the power of the sword. So the power to form laws and to enforce laws, and that even includes an appropriate use of the death penalty. So national identity, not inherently sinful. Nations then behaving like nations, including the making of laws, the enforcement of laws, including the power of life and death over its citizens when those laws are violated. It's been entrusted by God for the purpose of human societies and order and all the rest. And I think that includes, Josh, when you look at the scriptures as a whole, it includes the right of self-defense. I think it includes the right of nations to defend their interests. Now you have to examine you know, wars in terms of their justness according to biblical standards. Are they, are they striving for something that's right and true? Or are they after something that's oppressive and destructive? I mean, those are things you have to examine as honestly as we can as believers, looking at at whatever war it is we're examining in light of the word of God. In this particular war you're talking about, I mean, Israel is attacked and they're attacked in a way that, to my mind, involves terrorism. And so they have every right to defend their citizens, defend their borders, defend their interests. I don't think there's anything sinful about that. Now, in any war, there, there's the question of civi- civilian casualties and all of that, and that's for each government to be mindful of and careful about, and one day we'll answer to God for. So we also find in the scriptures that, that cities and nations are, are spoken of in ways where there's going to be an accountability before God one day. So we can rest in that as believers. The question you ask is, if I'm a believer, a Christian, and mm-hmm. now I'm being asked to serve in the military, can I do that with a clear conscience? The answer is yes. In light of the answers I just gave, my nation has a right to exist. It has a right to defend its interests, to form an army and to defend its its interests. It has a right to execute laws within its own borders. There's nothing about any of that that would inherently require me to refuse service. I think the question becomes though, what do you do when a nation is in such a condition that it begins to do things that believers can't do in clear conscience? And that's where I think we I know, we would have to draw a line and just conscientiously object to that point and say, I can't do this. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What about, um, it seems to be the overarching emphasis in the New Testament is for advocating for peace and reconciliation. So how does one, a Christian, say, well, this is, this is what Jesus has told us to be? Um, as, as believers in the world, this seems to be the emphasis of Paul in, in terms of, um, of uh, not overthrowing governments and not being part of, of, um, of engagement in that, of that sort. Um, how does one reconcile that emphasis and say I want to live a life of peace, minding my own affairs, Paul says mm. to the Thessalonians. Right. And, um, and yet there's a war going on, and I've been called to be engaged. Yeah, in
1: we some. often confuse categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happens often when it comes to the uh, to conversation around the death penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that thou shalt not kill. Well, actually the command has to do with murder, mm-hmm. and there's a difference between some sort of vengeance on a personal level, mm-hmm. and the execution of the laws of a, of a nation. And in the same way, there's a difference between pursuing peace on the personal level, uh, be at peace with all men as much as it depends on you, the Bible says. It's a difference between that, that sort of category, what is my relationship to others on a personal level, and my service as a police officer or as a soldier. There's, there, these are different categories. So on the personal level, pursue peace at all times, live a life of peace and all the rest. But does that necessarily rule out a believer serving in some sort of national role, or even local law enforcement, for example. it's not To, to serve as a police officer in this world is not a peaceful job. You're, you're going mm-hmm. to to face all sorts of violence and everything else if you serve as a police officer. Are, are you as a believer to just opt, there, there are no Christians in the police force mm-hmm. because we're called to live lives of peace? We know that's not true. So we need to get our categories mm-hmm. straight and organized mm-hmm. to, to be able to think rightly about these things. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there are some nations, uh, many nations actually not, um, outside of the United States, that uh, where every, let's say, young male and female is required to do some sort of military service, you know, two years before they sort of go out into the workforce and maybe go to college and that sort of thing. If you if you are part of a of a government that you feel is unjust in their military uh, goings on, um, is it? right to continue to do that kind of service um, because your conscience is not cl- clean about that right um, You know no, would it would be you... right to refuse that and you know obviously there are maybe some ways in some other uh, countries to do that. And what I'm really getting at to add is you know okay Paul Romans 13 is saying, okay the, the government is put in place for these reasons, but can a Christian serve under Nero mm. in the first century? Mm. and uh, when a lot of military engagement is is likely unjust?
1: yeah you have to, you have to weigh all of that. even what you just mentioned about the requirement for military service on the part of females, mm-hmm. I, I would encourage my daughter, I have one, but I have three daughters-in-law. I, I mean I would and, and granddaughters, I would I would discourage them from serving in any of those mm-hmm. roles if it was ever required in this country. Mm-hmm. I think that's a place for conscientious uh, objection. It's the men of the nation that are called to defend the nation, not the women of the nation. Mm-hmm. But th- that's, as you know, that's a much larger discussion yeah, about how we see the roles of men and women in society uh-huh. and in the home and all the rest. But yeah, there are reasons to refuse service and that's mm-hmm. going to be an individual decision, a matter of conscience and judgment by believers as they weigh these roles and, and the justice or lack thereof of, of the entities that they're being asked to
0: serve. Yeah, so can a Christian serve in Nero's army in the first century? I think there are ways you
1: could have, yes. You could, okay. Yeah, I think there are ways you could have. I, I think you have to ask what, what the engagement was, what you're being asked to do. Sure. I mean, it's, it's Nero's government that we're being called in Romans 13 to to uh, submit, submit to. to. Sure. Yeah, so the, if you wanted to take that argument to its full extent, you could say, I can't submit to Nero's government at all. It's, this is a wicked leader and there are wicked things being done in the, in, the, in the country. And yet what Paul is exhorting us to in Romans 13 is to be submissive to the degree that we mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. remain submissive to God. Mm-hmm. And the same holds true in all these areas of service we're talking mm-hmm. about, military, police force, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, I can serve my country mm-hmm. even though we know it's, it's, it's not the kingdom of Christ even though we know that Christ, Christ's kingdom is, on, is in the future, gonna be ushered in by the Lord of Glories, he returns from heaven, it's not that. But until then, <clears throat> God makes use of human government for the purpose of order. Mm. And so to the degree that I can remain submissive to God and submissive to those authorities, I'm called by God to live like that. Mm-hmm. And so each of those decisions becomes one by one, and I have to weigh those decisions in light of my commitment to Christ.
0: Yeah, and, and and it seems like what this boils down to really is just kind of a sanctified, common, Bible-induced common sense in these in these matters, faithful to God first and foremost, and even if it means persecution for us, we're willing to take that. 100%, yeah. Josh, I love the way you put that, and I, th- I think it's exactly right. I think we
1: overthink these issues sometimes when really what you just said is right on. It's, it's a mind full of the Word of God, a conscience bound by the word of God. Mm -hmm. And I'm now not going to violate my conscience informed by scripture for anyone. And that does mean it, but you also have to be willing then to embrace the repercussions of that, which will Mm -hmm. be some sort of suffering, Mm -hmm. but be true to God. You know, whether it's right in your sight that we should obey or not. The apostle said, we're going to obey God, not man. And that's what we
0: have to do. Mm -hmm. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Straight Truth Podcast. Now, Straight Truth is listener-supported, so if you'd like to find out ways how you can help us to continue to produce this podcast, you can go to our website and find out ways to do that, straighttruth.net. At that website, you'll also find links to all of our previous episodes and our social media channels, so be sure to check it out. Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingandgrace.org.